RadioInfluence.com. You've seen Chef Brian Duffy on Spike TV's Bar Rescue, NBC's Today Show, and opening bars and restaurants all over the world. Now he's sharing his stories, his friends, and some tips of the trade he's learned along the way. Prepare yourself to get Duffified. This is Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. Oh, what's going on? Friday morning, Duffified Live. This is episode like 40-something or other. I can't remember because I was just informed uh, the other day that we've done over 45, I think. And uh, because we're recording a little bit in advance due to the fact that this month is going to be pure mayhem uh, on all of us. So uh, this episode right here is uh, the first week of March. Um, and I'm just going to kind of throw a couple things out to you guys for what I've got going on over the next couple of weeks. Um, so let's check out and see where we are. Ba, 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 ba. So March, hey, I want to see everybody, every single one of you guys down in Fort Myers, Florida at City Tavern. Uh, I'm doing a little appearance down there for my good buddy, Kevin. Uh, Offerman and all the girls at the City Tavern for St. Patrick's Day, um, it being one of my favorite days of the year, obviously because I'm Irish, second off because of the fact that I get to go down to Florida and hang out with the crew. Um, we're going to do a lot of fun. Uh, we are doing corned beef and cabbage cheesesteaks that we cook right out on Bay, uh, the main strip that runs through Fort Myers. Uh, it is an awesome dive bar that is not really a dive bar, but it is a dive bar. doesn't smell like one. It's super clean clean and it's run unbelievably efficient. Uh, last year, for anybody who's a bartender, which this kind of falls into a great little play for the direction that we're going to go on this week's show, is we're going to be talking a little bit about mixology and some other cool shit too. But <clears throat> last year, there was a contest between all of the bartenders on St. Patrick's Day last year, and I believe that there were seven of them. And uh, I have never seen efficiency in the way that I did down here. Okay. These girls absolutely crush it. To give you an idea, one of the girls worked for nine hours, nine hours. She rang close to $7,700 in nine hours. That works out to be a, a, a transaction roughly every 30 seconds. So think about that. When your bartenders are in your place and they're bitching and moaning because they're busy or they're bitching and moaning because of the fact that there's too much going on for them. Think about the fact that Tabitha was her name, rang $7,700 in nine hours and then talk to your bartenders. This wasn't just slinging beers, guys. This was cocktails. This was wine, beer, shots. This was the whole nine yards on St. Patrick's Day and they crushed it. The next closest to her was like seven grand. Okay, so do me that favor when you guys are kind of going into that world. And and speaking of that world, that world of kind of bartender, that world of mixology, that world of uh, some of the other cool stuff. Um, I, I want to kind of hop into there in just a little while. But but w before I, I go too far into that, because I got on a little tangent, as I usually do. <clears throat> uh, so St. Patrick's Day is down in Fort Myers, Florida. I'd love to see you guys down there. I would love to have you guys hang out and have a couple of cocktails with me. Um, we're going to have a boatload of fun. Kevin uh, and the whole crew down there just put on an amazing job, and I, I love heading down there. Um, right after that, I get to come home for a couple of days. Oh, wait a second. No, 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 no. Next week, actually, 
I am in Providence, Rhode Island, uh, at my good friend uh, Jennifer Bem. Jen is the chef and owner of a super cool spot that is up in Providence. Okay, she is uh, first off, she's just a super super cool chick um, for for everything that she does. Her and I had done a. Um, we did kind of we did an appearance together a couple of years ago that was up in uh like Kansas City, Missouri or something like that. Springfield, Missouri. That's where it was. Springfield, Missouri. We were up there. We had a boatload of fun on this crazy little appearance. There was another girl with us who honestly I, I just I just can't even remember what her name was. But we're doing a great uh, charity event up there. I'd love it for you guys to come up and stop by and say hi. If you do me a favor and reach out to me on Facebook, I'll make sure that you get all of the information on it. It is March 8th in Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, it's going to be a really cool event. I'm really excited. There's going to be some cool – uh, other quote unquote celebrity chefs that are going to be doing this dinner. Um, I think I'm going to do the meat course. So I've got a couple really cool ideas in my head about some things that I want to do. Um, so that is March 8th. And then right after that, we go into March 17th is St. Patrick's Day. So we get to do that. By the way, don't forget March 11th, daylight savings time. Uh, after that, I get to fly home. I get to chill out with my girly girls for a little while. We get to hang out. And then I head right out to Vegas, Vegas, Las Vegas, the Sin City. I get to go and we get to hang out at the nightclub and bar show, which I want you guys to meet us out there because it's going to be a badass show this year. We are talking about all sorts of really cool things that are going to be happening. We're talking about not only the nightclub and bar show, but we're also talking about my seminars that I'm doing on updating your outdated menu. We're talking about the keynote speaker of Ron Jaworski, who's going to be speaking out there as well. Plus, on top of it, I have a crazy little, tiny little, like 10 to 14,000 square foot section called the Food and Beverage Innovation Center, which is where I'm going to be able to get some of my closest friends, some of whom you've talked to because we've had them all on here between Matt, Va Mar Matt Varga, Kayla Robeson, Keith Breedlove. Nick Liberato, Chad Rosenthal, Panini Pete. Plus, we've got the entire, eh, maybe not the entire, but it feels like it, 34 students coming in from uh, the Culinary Academy at the, in, in Las Vegas, which is just going to be amazing. We've got great sponsors like ChefWorks and Ergo Chef that are going to be out there. Um, we have got uh, just an amazing section of food and beverage. My chefs, my guys, my girls, we're all going to be up there at the same time. We're going to be doing some great demos with a whole bunch of giveaways. We're giving away an Ergo Chef knife kit during every single demonstration, okay? So uh, get over to Vegas, come and check us out. Plus, we have to talk about Bar Crashers because we're going to be doing a lot of premier stuff out there for Bar Crashers as well as our new site, which is coming up, subscription-based, which is called F&B Only, which is going to be an amazing new portal for everybody to get all the information that they really need to have about running, owning, and operating a restaurant, a nightclub, a bar, whatever it is. You want a strip club? Screw it, man. We'll talk to you about strip clubs. I really don't care. But this is going to be an amazing bunch of stuff. You can come up. We're going to be doing some casting as well at the opening party, the kickoff party for nightclub and bar that Tips and I are both going to be there. Uh, this is going to be the weirdest thing that I've ever said, but we're going to be doing pictures and signing shit if that's what you guys really want. Uh, but I don't care. We're going to have a boatload of fun. So, okay. Um, 
So once all of that kind of calms down and slows down, I'm going to take a couple days off. I'm going to chill out for a little bit. Then boom, bing, bang, boom. I go right down to Wildwood, New Jersey. We're opening up the Mud Hen Brewery. My menu, my kind of kitchen fun that we're going to be doing with the, with the, just an amazing group of people that are opening up this great spot down in Wildwood, New Jersey. Okay, I'm done. I've spent enough time plugging stuff. I want to talk to you guys real quick because our next guest who's coming in is a mixologist, okay? And he actually does a show called Hot Mixology. Uh, which is my buddy Dave Elger. He's an awesome human being. I don't know if it's Elger or Elger. I'm going to have to ask him that when we get him on the show. But we're going to be talking about a couple of things. One, we're talking about nightclub and bar. It's happening in just a couple of weeks. Get out there. Give you guys my code, which is Chef Duff. It gets you 50 bucks off of your ticket for nightclub and bar. So use the Chef Duff code. Meet us out there. Have some cocktails. Hang out. But Dave Elger is going to be hopping on with us in just a couple of minutes. Okay. So couple things that we should talk about. One, some of the hot trends that are happening with cocktails for this year. You ready for this? Number one, and this is coming on from a site called Best Life Online. Uh, I did a lot of research into this. I saw a couple different things, but they're all kind of falling into the same place. All right. So number one that we did was barrel aged cocktails. Kind of one of the latest trends that are involved and it involves putting pre-mixed drinks into barrels so that it lends complexity and flavor to mellow the mix much in the same way as a wine, whiskey, or other traditional spirits. So check that out and and try to play around with some barrel aged cocktails. There's actually a really cool place in Vegas, a little gastro pub um, that does an amazing job with some of these barrel aged. Also, if you guys head up to Boundary Brew House in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, which is where we shot the first episode of Bar Crashers, you'll be able to see uh, some really cool barrel-aged cocktails. Locally produced spirits. I'm seeing more locally produced spirits than I ever have in my life. Um, you know, we're at such an awesome time and place where some of these governments and some of these local governments have really loosened up their laws just a tiny bit to allow for some of this new distilling that's happening. Um it's uh, it's pretty wild. And what they're saying is uh, people between the age of 21 and 38, quote unquote, millennials are drinking way more than their parents generation. How wild is that? OK, so definitely get out there. Hop into some of these locally produced spirits. Talk to your reps. It makes you guys look good. It makes you guys feel good because you're utilizing a new product. Plus, you can get creative because guess what? Something like a stateside, uh, you know, vodka that I just received a bottle of a couple weeks ago has a completely different flavor and complexity than like an absolute or a goose or something like that. So definitely try to hop into some of these locally produced cocktails, craft cocktails. We all know the importance of craft cocktails. Um, you know, every time that you walk into a bar now, we sit down and one of the first things we say before we even ask for a menu is, do you have a cocktail list? Um, you know, I'm walking into places, I'm seeing a lot of the same shit, Manhattans and old fashions and, um, uh, you know, dark and stormies and stuff like that. But some of these mixologists are really kicking it up to a whole nother level that's really neat. Regional cocktails. Uh, what this is saying is that um, there's a growing interest in learning about and sampling the signature drink of a region. There was actually a really cool video that was done on Facebook a little while ago that I had seen. I, I don't know where it comes from, but it was uh, a guy and a girl who were standing around and they drank every single cocktail from every single state. They were pretty shit-faced at the end. It was pretty awesome to see. Culinary cocktails. The days of throwing a slice of lime or sprig or mint into your drink are over. Nowadays, mixologists are bringing the entire kitchen into your cocktail, including delicacies like pink peppercorns and chanterelle mushrooms and sea urchins or fish sauce. So it's kind of neat to watch that that progression 
that starts to happen uh, with cocktails and the way that the complexity is really playing into it. You know, I'm a pretty simple dude. I drink goose and soda with a couple of olives and a lime and a single tall. Um, I've got my reasoning behind all of that. One, because I try not to get too shit faced when I go out. Two, it's a lighter drink for me because I'm on on the roads so much. I try not to drink a lot of the really heavy stuff. As you guys all know, I lost a whole bunch of weight about two and a half, three years ago. And the reason why I did was one, was one cause I kind of stopped drinking. You know, I was drinking bourbon all the time cause I fucking love bourbon. Um, and, and whiskey, you know, I love that stuff. I love the cocktails that are being made with it. So I had to kind of back off a little bit because I was putting a boatload of weight on it. Just was a way that I was going that I wasn't happy with. So I needed to kind of back off. I still enjoy my cocktail. Um, I still enjoy the, the, the kind of, you know, fun of it that happens the social aspect of it. Um, but it just kind of got to a point that I was like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to have four bourbons and there's, you know, 2000 calories with the sugar and the mixers and everything that goes in. So I had to kind of slow down and back off a little bit. So I went into the vodka world, um, which I'm pretty happy with. I like my goose. It doesn't give me a hangover, makes me super happy. So I don't have to deal with anything else. Um, like the sugars and all the other stuff. Plus I like the idea of that lime and that orange, because guess what? I count my limes in the bottom of my drink and it lets me know how many I've had a drink. So with that being said, we're getting my buddy up here in just a second. Uh, he's a super cool guy. Um, he's like six foot nine. He's massive. Uh, I saw him in Vegas last year. One of the la- actually, I saw him in Palm Palm Beach uh, after this. But when I was in Vegas with him, um, I watched this dude uh, wear a size seventeen UGG. Yes, a very tall man with shorts on running through Vegas with a pair of size 17 Uggs is, is, is quite a sight to be seen. Um, you may recognize him from his signature crazy hair or his show Hot Mixology. Um, but if you guys can do me a favor, you can now check out my good buddy uh, and soon to be yours, Mr. Dave Elger. Wow, good Brian morning. Shot out of the today, Brian. What? Nice. Could you, out of a Dave? Can you do me a favor? Could you get any further away from your phone? I just moved it closer, asshole. Oh, I like that. I like that. You're live on air, just so you know. Oh, well, sorry about that. So you can't you can't really say asshole on the show. No, I hear you. I won't. Because it's not really a friendly. You, you should, if you're gonna be a part of Duffified Live, it's fucking asshole. Oh, absolutely. That's perfect. Dude, your voice is awesome. Yeah, I've been told that before. Thanks, Brian. I think by you. <laughs> What's well, my job, dude? I'm, you know, I mean, we're on the same team. We play. We're Absolutely. good. Absolutely. So, live. I'm so excited to be on your show, Brian. And well, you know, I was on your show, Mr. Elger. Yeah, you were. So, I, this was a question, actually. I, I always get this mixed up. Is it Elger or El- Elger? It's Elger, but either way you say it, I'll forgive it. What nationality is that? Uh, I mean, German. besides tall, sexy motherfucker. Yeah, it's German, German. Oh. My father was German, so. Okay. And was your mother involved or no? Just him? She was involved, but she's American, so that's where the Dave came from. <laughs> nice. Hey, Dave, why don't you do me a favor? Why don't you uh, really quick plug the shit out of yourself and tell us how we can get in contact with you and spend money with you. Absolutely. Hot Mixology, as you know, Brian, is a national TV show all about great cocktails and uh, the premium products we uh um, used to pour those great cocktails. So Hot Mixology has been on for uh, every week. A uh, different episode uh, airs Friday and Saturday nights on the Fusion Network. So you can find it there. You can find it at hotmixology.com. Uh, Hot Mixology, I started it 
um, about eight years ago, more than eight years ago, when I launched my own tequila brand with my twin brother, Will, uh, which was Muchota Tequila. So I, I launched Hot Mixology as a way to build brand awareness for the tequila, and it just kind of grew legs of its own. And now uh, we've been on every week for the last uh, eight years nationwide, and we've featured over 4,500 products from 2,000 different companies, um, from liquor products to shakers to I mean, everything you need to make a great cocktail is right there at Hot Mixology. And how to find me, uh, hotmixology.com. You can go to to see all the past episodes, find out more information, see the cocktail recipes, everything. And, of course, I'm Dave at hotmixology.com. Nice, dude. And then do you have Twitter or Instagram? Mm-hmm. I don't have Instagram yet. I'm really trying to get on that. But uh, you can find everything there in the Facebook and Twitter's on there. Absolutely for Hot Mixology. Okay, good. So let's, let's kind of start off. So what, why mixology? What brought you into that world? Well, I've been in the liquor business for over 26 years now. I was hired um, years ago by Jim Beam to uh, launch all their new products. So I went around the country launching all their new liquor products. We started with uh, Pucker. You remember Apple Pucker the, uh, for the Apple yeah. Genies? I don't drink that. Stuff, I love yeah. all the products of Pucker um, every year. And it was great. We launched uh it was great because I started out every year uh, launching them in Panama City, Florida for spring break. Six <laughs> weeks in Panama City, Florida. Every year I would go, and the first year we launched the apple pucker. Then it was the, uh, I can't remember the order, but then it was the cherry pucker, the uh, peach pucker, raspberry pucker, you know, all the flavors of pucker. And then I'd go around the country with Jim Beam and kick off their new products throughout the country. I did that for seven years. So great products like Vox Vodka. Um, Knob Creek, I kicked off Knob Creek Bourbon, uh, took around the great uh, grandson of Jim Beam, Fred No. We went oh, wow. to 20 different markets, a week in every market, and kicked off Knob Creek Bourbon. And, you know, at that time, I mean, you're a whiskey lover, you're a bourbon fan. Yeah. And uh, at that time, this was 16, 17 years ago, I'm dating myself, but at that time, Knob Creek Bourbon was $25 a bottle. And we would go into markets, and people were like, you know, nobody's ever going to spend $25 for a bottle of bourbon. How crazy And, is that? Uh, you know, that was the response I got. I talked to Fred No, you know, we just got to, I'd get kind of depressed over it and talk to Fred No, uh, the great grandson of Jim Beam, and say, hey, that's kind of depressing. He's like, hey, Dave, they'll come around, man. They'll come around. And sure <laughs> enough, you see the prices of whiskey are now, and of, of course, Knob Creek is everywhere. So I had some of the best experience for seven years kicking off with Jim Beam with their products. Like I said, from, you know, Box Vodka to the Kuiper with the Putcher, uh, Knob Creek, uh, you know, all their different products that uh, I was in San Francisco and doing a promotion there. And some guy came up and gave me his card and said, I want you to come work for my company. And I just stuck his card. I'd been drinking a little. I stuck his card in my pocket, went home that night. The next morning, I uh, looked at the card and it was uh, Sammy Hagar with a little product called Cabo Wabo Tequila. Oh, yeah, that's so, tough. Uh, so I called him and uh, he was just kicking off Cabo Wabo Tequila. And, uh, went in for an interview with him and he wanted to put together the sales force for it throughout the country. So I, uh, it was an interesting interview with Sammy Hagar. I was wearing a tie, went in there and I said, yeah, I'd love to work for you. And, uh, I said, let me think about it. He goes, nope, I need a yes or no now, man. Wow. And I'm like, a yes or no now I've worked seven years for Jim Beam. What do I do? Yeah. Right. I like to look at opportunity as a, uh, you know, I like a, I look at change as a positive force. So called Jim Beam. Uh, said I put in my two weeks. They said, "All right, thanks, Dave. You're finished as of today, yeah. though." Awesome. So, uh, Adios. Uh, 
started with, uh, it said, okay, Sammy, look like I'm with you. And he looked at me and he's like, if you ever wear a tie again, I'll fire you. I said, okay, took my tie off. And uh, the next six years I spent with Sammy Hagar building Cabo Wabo Tequila. And uh, then he sold to, uh, Cabo Wabo ended up selling to uh, Sky Spirits for $80 million. And wow. uh, then that Let's ended my Clinton. career with, right, but that ended my uh, career with uh, Cabo Wabo Tequila. So. Wow. That's when I started my own tequila with my twin brother and then started Hot Mixology. So, so basically a lot of history there, but a lot of love for the industry and a lot of love for um, passionate brands and great products. So what, so what, I mean, what brought around the idea of your own tequila? So just so you guys know, I'm actually, I've got a bottle here that's actually signed by Dave. That I'm uh, actually having a shot of Mucho of the Tequila right now, Brian, so. First thing in the morning, dude. I love it. I, however, had um, a Vente Decaf Americano with two inches of ice and you're doing tequila. More power to you. So here's my, so what, 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 what what brings you into that world where, I mean, cause look, everybody, you know, I mean, I know the luxury brand person for Jim Beam now uh, in Pennsylvania. She's a really cool chick named April. Um, I, I know her, but I, I don't think that she has the idea that she wants to start her own tequila company. So what, what moves you from being in that sales rate region into the world of, well, fuck it, let's just make our own. I mean, look, well, and, and for those of you guys who don't know, like Dave is a force of his own. I mean, and Dave, I mean this with every single bit of respect, you know, I, before you got on, I started talking about the fact that you're the only person I know who's what you're like six foot nine, right? Six, nine. Well, six, six without the hair. Six, and the six. Heels. Yeah. And you wear a size eight, 17 Ugg. Uh, yeah, I do actually. Thank okay. you. I have, I have my own pair of Uggs. I'm wearing Uggs right now, man. I'm good. I'm comfy in my I manhood to say that. But, but Dave is a force of his own because he literally is one. He's very recognizable because of the way that he walks and he, he, he commands, um, you know, he commands a room. It's, it's impressive to watch how somebody can own a room just by walking into it. And that's what Dave does. And your brother's the same way on a little bit more of a low key level. And I adore Will. I mean, I think Will is, is just a wonderful person. The two of you guys together are awesome. Dave's a little bit different. Thank you. That's my, that's my twin brother, Will, that you talked about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and Will's a, Will's a great fucking dude, but so what, what, what brought you guys to the point of like, you know what? Fuck it. Will. let's just, let's just make our own tequila. How do you get to that point? Well, as we talked about, as I told you, I worked with the big companies like Jim Beam, the big companies like Cabo Wabo Tequila, that's sold to Sky Spirits. And, uh, you know, after that and working, so when you work for a company and you're selling their product, you know, it, you live that brand. And when they all of a sudden sell and kind of uh, and sell to a bigger company that doesn't have the same, maybe, you know, it's not the grassroots of building the company. You're kind of a little bit, uh, it, uh, it puts you in a depressed mode, you know, as uh, as you've lived that brand for so long. So uh, as when my brother and I talked, we wanted to come out with a product that um, was about us and would stay true to it and just build it organically. You know, it wasn't about the T-shirts, wasn't about the hats, wasn't about the, the big uh, star behind it. It was just a great tequila in a simple bottle. And uh, we came out, it took us two years formulating Muchota Tequila, which is a reposado tequila. And reposado means rested, so we take the, uh, it's uh, by law, the tequila to be a reposado tequila has to be aged two months, uh, two or three months. We age it for seven months in old Jack Daniels barrels, so it really pulls wow. a lot of those great flavors out of it. So we took two years formulating it, seeing the different uh, 
um, distilleries in Mexico and Jalisco, which one we'd find to make the right tequila. And when we found it, that was it. And we launched Munchota Tequila and it's still, um, you know, out there today. And like I said, built organically, it's in 37 states around the country. And it's, uh, it's really just a great tequila. It's 30 bucks on the shelf. So it's affordable. And it's about what's inside of the bottle. We don't do a fancy bottle. We don't do, like I said, the hats, the t-shirts, all the, uh, the billboards, because we want you to, we want it to stay affordable. You know, if we, a lot of times, some of those brands that come out and do a lot of that promotion and that stuff have to raise the price of it. And we wanted to make it an affordable tequila for consumers to enjoy and love. It's perfect on its own, great in a margarita, uh, any way you want to have it. So, so I am doing, uh, we haven't even gotten into, and we're not going to get into it right now, but I'm doing some stuff for you in, uh, in Vegas for, <clears throat> with some pulled pork and I'm going to utilize your tequila a little bit in that. You cool with that? Perfect. Awesome sauce. And you're going right. to do that at the nightclub and bar show, right? What show is that, Dave? That's a nightclub and bar show. Now, uh, nightclub and bar show in Vegas. This is the 31st annual, it's 32nd year. Which is it? Do you remember, Brian? Dave, you put me on the spot. You got me on the spot on that. I don't know. Yeah, I get confused. But, you know, over 30 years, nightclub and bar show has been in Las Vegas, which features, I mean, a thousand different booths of some of the greatest the liquor products, uh, uh, bar products, innovative uh, products for your nightlife, for your uh, um, uh, nightclub, for your home, for everything. I mean, it's just it's a huge trade show. I wouldn't miss it for the world. This is going to be my 27th year in a row there. Really? And uh, nightclub and bar show. And, you know, not only uh, in my 27th year in a row there, but a couple things. I uh, About eight years ago, we launched the Hot Mixology Emerging Brands Pavilion, yep. which we feature products under 50,000 cases. So these are products that are just coming out, like uh, when we launched my tequila, Mucho de Tequila, or those small products, which we have over 50, 60 products this year already coming out in the nightclub and bar show for the Emerging Brands Pavilion. And, Wait, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. You have how many products coming out? There's probably 50 or 60 different booths in there. Dude, that's crazy. How many, when you Who first started, that? when you first started the Emerging Brands, what what were, what? how many did you have? I started the Emerging Brands Pavilion um, because some of these small brands that you love to see, Brian, uh, they can't, they don't have that marketing budget to afford to spend Sure. The money it takes to have a huge booth at the show like the nightclub and bar show. And uh, I created it with nightclub and bar um, as I became a board of directors there. I created it with nightclub and bar eight years ago um, as a way to feature these smaller products that really deserve to be seen. And consumers would love to see them. Uh, but they didn't have, like I said, they didn't have the budget for it. So right. we figured out a way to make a, uh, a cost effective form to get in there with the emerging brands. Pavilion. We started with four products eight years ago. That's awesome. And uh, one of those products was rum chata. You know rum chata? Yeah, yeah. Rum chata, eight years ago, we started, and Tom Moss, the owner of rum chata and the founder of it, he actually, he's actually the one that hired me 26 years ago with Jim Beam. He was with Jim Beam. Oh, jeez, uh, dude, that's awesome, after, man. After he left Jim Beam, he uh, started rum chata. And um, we, he said, hey, Dave, uh, can you feature me on Hot Mixology? And uh, we want to be a nightclub and bar show. So Emerging Brands, he was one of the first brands there. Now, Rum Chata, fast forward eight years, Tom Moss has done over a million cases a year of Rum Chata. He's in 75 different countries. And it's just a huge testament to what little shows like the nightclub and bar, I say a little show, but in the scope of things, the 75 countries, a show like nightclub and bar show really propelled him and Hot Mixology propelled him into building that brand awareness. 
to get him that uh, to get him to where he's at. So now if you go see Tom Moss in Chicago where he lives, um, give him a call. He might pick you up at the airport in his uh, Bentley, and uh, you'll see how <laughs> the success is really uh, really come about for him, China. Well, let me ask you a question. So, so wasn't he the keynote speaker last year? He was the keynote speaker last year. It's so everybody, uh, how to, how he uh, started his business and how it came about. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. But I, I forgot to tell you, with Nightclub and Bar Show two years ago, I actually the owner Terry Gumis of Nightclub and Bar Show. He actually made me the mayor of Nightclub and Bar Show. Dude, I, well, and you're, you're a riot because I, I for, so as you guys can tell, I mean, Dave is obviously he's got he's got a personality to him. You know, he wouldn't have come this far with what he does just by being a low key kind of lax dude. Dave's Dave's over the top. I mean, it, it's but one of I my do favorite. Wear size seventeen Ugg, right? but he does wear a size seventeen Ugg. But one of the cool parts about Dave is, and so so you guys know, Dave is not only somebody that I work with; he's also a friend. I mean, I I, I Dave is a good friend Absolutely. of mine. So, um, you know, and, and and I always say with this show, I try to bring people on that are interesting to me because I feel that they'd be interesting to you guys as well. So, so by by working with Dave and Dave, so you and if you don't want to talk about this, you can say fuck it, I don't want to talk about it, and I'm going to do it anyway. But, um, so you actually had a property in Denver called Hot Mixology. Absolutely. We opened the, I opened it with a partner of mine that had an Irish bar called the Hot Mixology Lounge. And we opened that. And uh, actually, Brian, you did the food menu for my bar. I did. I did. It was fun, man. And, yep. and I, I wrote it down sitting in the bar drinking a cocktail with you. Absolutely. And that food lasted forever. Unfortunately, sometimes you uh, team up with the wrong partner in business and the Hot Mixology Lounge, we were forced to um, back out with a partner after about a year and a half of being open. But uh, one, um, we'll, one of the things we'll open another lounge at some point. One of the things that I that I learned about you at that time was how aggressive you are with grabbing guests. I talk about guests. I rarely talk about customers. Customers browse. Guests are your friends. They come in. They hang out with you. They kind of work around. They work with you. They, they, they do their thing in there. But one of the cool parts. So we were shooting uh, the Denver episode of Bar Rescue down the street at, uh, at what it was. Zanzibar was the name of the place. And one of the things that Dave did prior to us all getting there was Dave actually had these cards made up that were laminated that were more or less a VIP card for anybody who was on the crew or on set for Bar Rescue. We then walked the we then walked the whatever it was, 50, 75 feet to get down to this location where we walk into this place and Dave has it set up like a full blown nightclub. He's got VIP tables. Everybody who walked in, were, they were able to get a drink for free, and they were able to order off of a menu. And it, it was it was just a it was one of the first times. In reality, it was the first time on the show that that we were taken care of to that level. Like you yeah, cleared absolutely. it with the you know, police. John Taffer, John, sorry to interrupt. John Taffer was a, a good friend of mine for years, and he actually designed the Hopscotchology Lounge. It was five doors down from the bar you were doing Bar Rescue at. And, you know, I mean, you're a friend, he's a friend. So I really uh, wanted to give back to you guys for what you do for me. So it was for the whole crew. I think there was a crew of 100 guys. We we made up VIP passes where each one of your crew members could pop in there anytime, get a uh, cocktail on me. And then we had, um, they could order something to eat. And then we had some drink specials for them. And, you know, what was great about it, Brian, is that uh, you guys work so hard when you're doing stuff like that. It uh, really, you're forgotten a lot of times. You go into somewhere and it was a, uh, to get back to you guys, you guys came and you supported my uh, Hot Mixology Lounge every single night there for a week. We were packed. 
And the fun part about it was what a lot of people don't realize is we, we stopped taping at like two in the morning sometimes. So, so now you've got a whole crew that's wrapping, cleaning up, getting ready to rock and roll. And Dave had basically cleared it with the police in town for that week. And yeah, we were there. I got a special, got a special event license for every yeah. night after the shot. And we were literally there until like six o'clock in the morning some nights. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I, I was just talking about. The reason why I don't drink bourbon anymore is because I got so fat from drinking all the bourbon cocktails with the sugary mixes and everything that was going into right. it. Imagine learning cooking from Gordon Ramsay, photography from Annie Leibovitz, or basketball from Steph Curry. Well, now you can with Masterclass. Masterclass produces online classes taught by the best in the world. Each class is shot with cinematic production quality and offers on-demand lessons loaded with exclusive content you're going to find only on Masterclass. Choose from classes taught by over 30 masters, including cooking techniques from Chef Thomas Keller, screenwriting from Aaron Sorkin, filmmaking from Martin Scorsese, and much more. Whether you're pursuing your passion, developing your career, or just looking to learn something new, Masterclass gives you access to the best at their craft so that you can master yours. Are you interested in more than one class? Check out the All Access Pass with the new All Access Pass. You can unlock every class from over 30 masters all for the price of two. Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy listeners can get the All Access Pass at masterclass.com slash chef. Learn from the best in the world at masterclass.com slash chef. That's masterclass.com Slash chef. Well, let me do this. So I just did something prior to you getting on, which I was talking about the hot, the five hot trends that are happening. The the five best cocktail trends for 2018. This is written by a woman called Diana Brooke. uh, And this is that the National Restaurant Association just released their predictions. Okay. And this is on on a website called Best Life Online. So here's the first trend that they're saying is for 2018 and it's barrel aged cocktails. What are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts are, uh, I have not seen that review yet, but it's very interesting. If you send that to me, um, I think barrel aged cocktails are, you know, I'll tell you, um, as the trends are changing in the liquor, but you remember when your uh, grandfather would go into a bar and he'd say, I'll take two fingers of Tangeray and two fingers. Sorry, sir, we don't have Tangeray. And you'd go, well, fuck you, I'm out of here. I'm never coming back here. You know? Right. Well, now it's changed that somebody goes in and orders, you know, uh, Tangeray Martini, and they say, we don't have Tangeray. But we do have these products. People are interested to see what the new um, boutique products are or the, the new emerging products that are coming out are that are the big name brands, which a lot of them, I mean, Colorado has over 100 different micro distilleries. Um, alone, because I'm in Colorado. I mean, that's what they have here. They make some great products. So people, for you know, mixologists or bartenders, when they recommend something different, usually people like to enjoy it, uh, try it, and usually it'll change from that product that they called for that they didn't have, change their brand that they like. And I think barrel-aged con- uh, cocktails are uh, one of the trends coming up because it changes that main cocktail you've had. You know, whatever cocktail you're putting at a barrel-aged, meaning. It'll be put into a barrel, aged, and with the cool nights and hot days uh, and the time it's spent at the barrel, will pull those sugars from the wood of the barrel and add to those flavors of the cocktail. So I think it's uh, absolutely going to enhance those cocktails being barrel-aged cocktails. So 
one of the things one of the uh, there's a place in Vegas dude it's in the Bellagio it's a great gastro pub I'll be dead honest I can't remember the name of the place but you might be able to but they have a barrel age program that's pretty awesome they've got 12 barrels that they hold in a barrel aging like almost on a stage in a way it's it's pretty wild to see so okay so let's see now the next one is locally produced spirits how how important do you think this is? And, and I guess that's kind of a weird question, but because uh, it could be considered as a novelty. But you do talk, you, sorry to interrupt. Were you talking, just to interrupt before you get started on that, that uh, yeah. are you talking about. You were the, there uh, with me. The gastro pub. Was it the. Um, Come on, dude. I can't think of the name do of it. it. Hullabaloo. Do what was it? No, you fucking have this. What is the name of it? I'm going to Google it real quick. G-A-S-T-R-O-P-U-B. Bellagio. Yeah. Because I, I remember and we were talking. You were there with me because we ended up going yes. back and we were able to, we were drinking behind it. Um, right, we, were we were drinking. talking to those super hot girls. It's not the Alchemist. That's in Palm Beach in West Palm. This is, isn't, fuck, why can't I remember the name of this place? I can't remember. Sorry, I thought I had it on the tip of my tongue. But uh, Bellagio. I'll find it. But anyway, okay, so so the next one that's going through here is uh, they're talking about locally produced spirits. Now, for me, I'm seeing a tremendous amount of it. Pennsylvania is the weirdest place because we still live under a Quaker law. So we have really, really strict distilling and distribution laws when it comes to booze and alcohol and all that stuff. What are right. your thoughts? And, and, and I'm, I, what are your thoughts about locally produced spirits? I think locally produced spirits are, are getting a uh, coming into a, uh, uh, a specialty brand of their own, if you will, because, you know, uh, gone are the days where you could just put something into a bottle, put a fancy name on it and put it on the shelf and it'll sell. People care about what's inside of the bottle. And, you know, they're, like I said, Colorado has over 100 different micro distilleries. Um, uh, the next up, I think, is um, Oregon with, you know, a few less distilleries in Colorado, but they have a huge bunch, uh, a huge amount of micro distilleries, and some of uh, some awesome products come out of those micro distilleries because these uh, the people that are opening them are passionate about their products. They're it's like the micro brews when they come out that they were so passionate about making their brews. People yeah. are passionate about making these uh, micro distilleries. We have a vodka that's just on fire right now that we featured on Hot Mixology out of Maui, a micro distillery called Ocean Vodka which uh, sources of water from um, straight from Maui from a well, like really interesting, you know, uh, and that's from Maui. So all over the country, these micro distilleries, locally made products are coming out, um, which are, which are awesome. Colorado has a lot from um, a Breckenridge bourbon that you've probably heard of, or um, um, I mean, a ton of different little micro distilleries that are here that are just some, some perfect products. Well, now let me ask you a question, though. So obviously uh, for us, I mean, look, you have Muchote and, you know, I've got my own line of spice and stuff like that. And I obviously I want that to grow. You know, you want your product to grow. You want to have national recognition for that product. You want to continue on the quality and the consistency of the product that you're creating. Do you feel that that these these locally produced spirits have that potential to go to that next level? Or are we really just inundating the market with a tremendous amount of product? Well, I think it's inundating the uh, market with a tremendous amount of product, but the ones that are actually have the passion behind it, um, 
um, from the distillery that has the passion behind it are the ones that use these store and come through. Like I was talking about Ramchata. Ramchata that Tom Moss started uh, eight, nine years ago. I mean, that's on fire because it's a quality product inside of the packaging. And he has that really, he has that passion behind him. When you talk to him, I mean, he, he has a, there's a passion behind the product like nobody's seen before, you know, and that's the, uh, uh, that's the biggest thing that stands out. Inundated with products, absolutely. You go to some of the liquor stores in Colorado, and they have a, a, a one of the aisles is just products from Colorado. But you can notice the standout products there because um, from the whether it's the packaging or whether it's the the uh, um, label on it or the you, you can kind of see the passion with it. And when you taste the product, you certainly taste their passion and pride with every sip. So. It's kind of a toss-up, right? When you say, is it inundated with product? Maybe, but uh, I wouldn't have it any other way because I love to taste new products and what people's idea of what a vodka should taste like or a rum should taste like, whether twist on, on a uh, flavored whiskey. You know, I love to see that innovation in it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, um, you know, it's, uh, as they say, you know, um, Variety is the spice of life. You want to have the different uh, varieties or choices that you want to uh, pick when you're choosing vodka or uh, any spirit that you enjoy. So it's great to have uh, a lot more products. And you're talking locally sourced. If I go visit you in uh, Pennsylvania, um, I enjoy to see the locally sourced products there and enjoy those products. When we go to Vegas, we enjoy some of those products from Las Vegas Distillery or some of the other local distilleries there. And it really it makes our spirit soar, you know, because we're enjoying something. It's made right there local. All right. So now craft cocktails. What, I mean, my feeling, I'll ask you first and then I'll go into my feeling. How, what are your thoughts about the craft cocktail movement that we're in right now? How far and how fast it's growing and how long is this going to last? Well, um, I say it's interesting you say that. I say since you've been to the Hot Mixology Lounge and you're friends of mine and you've seen how I like to work or how uh, my mixologist on Hot Mixology, Dylan Holcomb, how he works. You know, the, the uh, just a quick side note on this. He's going back to it is, is you talk about the craft cocktails. Uh, one of the worst experiences I've had or I've had a, a number of times is going into a speakeasy. And when you go into a speakeasy, yes, super underground and super um, Pretentious. Uh, unknown and yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you have to make a reservation and go in there. And whether you go into a pie uh, shop and then go into the bar or a bookstore and go into the bar, uh, you wait in line to get in there. Then when you get in there, you go to the bar and you uh, order a cocktail off their menu, their craft cocktail menus, and they hand make everything. Yet the cocktail takes a lot of time to make, and you, almost where you need an appetizer cocktail before you have their craft craft cocktail. You know, so uh, yeah. Which, you know, the pretentiousness of the craft, craft cocktails years ago was kind of the longer it takes to make, the better it is, which not in my book. I, I, I enjoy a cocktail in my hand right away and uh, and sip on it. So I think the craft cocktails is coming around to where there's a quicker way to make the craft cocktails, even though it's with the great uh, handmade fresh ingredients. There's a faster way to make it. Um, and the craft cocktail trend is coming around to... Uh, the basics, back to the basics. I enjoy uh, my cocktail to go to is Jim Beam and uh, Sprite or 7-Up just because I used to drink Jim Beam and Coke and the Coca-Cola was bad for my stomach as I got older. So Jim Beam and 7-Up, it's a quick cocktail to make in that. Yet, if some of these craft cocktail bars you go to 
Jim Beam, oh, no, we don't have Spider 7-Up, but we have a handmade soda for you. And they take 10 minutes making their handmade soda. Well, you know, that kind of doesn't make my spirits sore. So I think the craft cocktails, when they're made in a, in a faster way, it gets that cocktail into your hand, um, are great with the craft cocktails. I think the longer the cocktail takes, as the, uh, as they were trying to do, really doesn't resonate with anybody. Okay. At least but on, a, on a secondary thing, have you... I don't, I don't, we don't need names, but like, I know I have an experience from walking into a, a, a mixology bar that was one of the most, the craziest things I've ever experienced where we had to walk down the alley past the dumpsters next to the kitchen. There was a clipboard on the wall. You had to call upstairs. Only two people were allowed to go upstairs at a time. And there was a 10 to 12 minute interval in between the next people being allowed upstairs because it took them 10 to 12, sometimes 15 minutes to make each cocktail. Have you ever been in a place like that? I've been in a lot of places like that. That's what I said about the speakeasies. You know, and my whole thing is, you know, with the Hot Mythology Lounge when we had it, and you know that. I mean, you went in there, the big sign was out front. We had the lights on. The, I mean, you knew it was Hot Mythology Lounge. If your place is that great, why do you want to keep it a secret? You know, and why do you want to make it so difficult for people like you and I to get into? I mean, if we were in there right away and had a cocktail in our hands like we like to, uh, it would make our spirits sore, but nothing makes our spirits sore with having to wait in line, stand around. Dude. I mean, we've done that, right, Brian? Yeah. I, dude, I, I, it was so no, funny because uh, we, we, we had all gone in, we walk upstairs, we go through the whole thing. And at this point, uh, my, my, my girlfriend of, of during that time was with us and she's not a big drinker. She's not a big shot person. And so the, the lead mixologist after the 10 of us get up there kind of walks over and he said, I have a, I have a shot for you guys that I'd like to prepare. And I was like, all right, cool, man, whatever. So the guy's like, he's got his mixers and his beakers and he's got his, you know, uh, his little butane burner and he's lighting stuff up. And then all of a sudden the, the Jameson that's in the glass that he's, he's pulling at this point. And I don't know if anybody knows uh, what pulling is, but it's the, it's the, basically the art of, of taking a vessel and, and pouring the liquid into that vessel from high above so that it aerates it at the same time. And it's supposed to make it a much smoother drink. They do it a lot in, in Asian and Chinese cuisine with the pulled teas that they do. So right. this guy starts making this cocktail. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm listening. No, no, no. no you well, were just I talking about you. You can interrupt. what you called it. <laughs> what did you call it? The art of what? Pulling. Pulling, you know, Pulling. you watch a movie a movie circa 1990 called Cocktail. You'll see Coglin, the character, and they're showing Tom Cruise yeah. how to mix a cocktail where he showed him the short pour, the long pour. It's the same as the long pour. So, yeah. yes, pulling well, is a fancy word for the old uh, adage of the long pour. Well, and what he was doing was he actually then he then the, the 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 liquor itself by heating it up it more or less combusted it more or less turned it then started to flame. So he makes this long drink. He puts the whole thing together. He pours the shot into the glass for me to try. He starts pouring it to other people, and everybody's staring at me to now see what my thought is of this 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 eight minute long cocktail shot that this guy had made. So I do the shot and I'm not a shot guy. I'll tell every person with me right off the bat. I will do a car bomb before I will do a shot any day of the week. It's just the way that I work. I'm not a shot guy. I don't need to get fucked up that quick. It's not worth it for me. So I do this shot and everybody's staring at me and my girlfriend is looking at me waiting for my approval 
basically because I know what she can drink. Now realize, Dave, that I've got everybody staring at me, the mixologist, the owner. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Meanwhile, I just did a flaming fucking shot of Jameson. There was nothing special about the drink. It was all in the presentation. My girlfriend does the shot. She runs to the bathroom. She ends up throwing up. Somebody else is with us. It was, it was, it was hell. It was hell. uh, That's what I'm talking about. I mean, it's like to to make that fancy thing on a product that isn't that taking a great product like Jameson and making it into something fancy that doesn't really resonate with you. Right. I mean, you, you know, I mean, flaming like that and drinking it, you didn't burn your goatee off or anything, did you? I do. I don't. I don't know if I had a goatee at that point. I think I was clean shaven, Dave. Yeah. Your girl didn't burn her goatee off either, did she? No, 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 no. She was cool. She was cool. Waxed before we left. Waxed before we left. Perfect. Perfect. All right. But you know, Brian, you say that, and it's like that. Waiting for the cocktails. What's so frustrating with me is being in the spirits industry for so long. Being in the bar business. I know you. When I go to your restaurant, I go in there. I can get a seat right away at the bar. Right away, I have a cocktail in front of me. You come up, or somebody comes up and says, "Hey, how you doing?" You'll send over something to eat and get something in my hands right there. And, you know, you wouldn't, you know, it's frustrating when you go to a hotel and you check into the hotel and you got to sit there and wait for your room. Why would you sit there into a bar that you know you're going to have to sit there and wait for your cocktail to come? Exactly. And I'm, and I'm all for the art. I want that to be understood. I am all for the art. I love Absolutely. the art. I love the showmanship of it. I love the mustache. I love the suspenders and the plaid shirt and the, and the, and the, the brill cream hair. I'm for every bit of that. Absolutely. I think that, that adds to the, to the, to the location, but it adds to the experience. It does. But, uh, the biggest thing is the time consumption it takes exactly. on creating that there. Where it was, the more time it takes to make that. I mean, I've seen you cook, and you cook extremely fast because we want to get fed and we want to eat, right? And uh, I still use tweezers every now and then. When you were at my house uh, a few weeks ago and we were cooking dinner, you were like, let's eat, uh, let's eat quick, and boom, you you busted that stuff out. I mean, you could have taken your time and uh, dropped the pepper on the top of the uh, ribeyes from way high above, but instead you had it done. (laughs) You know, it was quick. and it resonated with us just as uh, just as it would whether you'd made a big show of it. So yeah. <laughs> All right, next one: regional cocktails. And I'm bringing this up also, well, not only because it's in the article, but there's a great video which I don't know if you've seen or not. It's called Eugene drinks every state's most iconic alcohol, and it's called the Tri Vlog. And what they're talking about is the fact that of, the, of all of the states in the in the in the United States, we have that each each state has their own cocktail do what would you first off would you do that would you drink all of the state's cocktails well i'll tell you um i was asked years ago in an interview what the worst cocktail i've ever had where it was and some of these um states have dry counties and they don't serve booze in their cocktails so some of those regional cocktails which are mocktails no i wouldn't enjoy but Okay. Uh, a lot of different regions and states have some uh, original cocktails from there. Whether you're at, uh, um, uh, when you're in Kentucky and you go to the Kentucky Derby and you have the mint julep, boy, it doesn't taste like a mint julep anywhere else. It's the no. original mint julep. You're exactly, you're exactly right. So hold on, I'm going to see something here. I'm trying to find out what the Colorado State cocktail is. So it's uh, Colorado Bulldog. Colorado Bulldog. Is it? Hold on, I'm double checking you, man. Here we go. Colorado, the snowball, vodka, 
fresca and lime juice the interesting combo of vodka and lemonade is also popular in the uk but this combo of colorado premium vodka and fresca makes this drink uniquely coloradan now if i'm not mistaken fresca is pineapple no what is fresca fresca? is grapefruit 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 that's right i fucking love fresca dude I do too. You know what's a great cocktail? You know, let me interrupt you. The Paloma is do a uh, great tequila cocktail, and with muchote tequila and uh, fresca, that grapefruit soda with a little right. salt rim on it with a lime garnish is a killer cocktail. Super refreshing, perfect. Give me a state. Give me a state. Uh, I'll give you a state. Arizona. What's the Arizona cocktail? Arizona cocktail is that's Alabama, Alaska. It's called the High and Dry Mandarin Vodka and Triple Sec. During the Prohibition era, Phoenix featured a secret bar behind a bookshelf in the Arizona Biltmore, which, by the way, I love a fucking Biltmore, where every self-respecting gentleman had access to a decent highball. That's pretty cool. Uh, Give me one more state. I'll give you uh, the state of Wyoming. Further down in the alphabet. Wyoming. Wow. Why That's further down in the alphabet. That's far, dude. Dude, uh, My hand's tired. My hands are tired. Wyoming was the last state to have prohibition. Oh, dude. Ready? What would you think think that the state drink of Wyoming would be? Well, it's got to be something with all the cattle and the ranchers there. Probably a whiskey cocktail, maybe. Okay, good. Awesome. Ready? The fucking Boilermaker. Hmm. Light draft beer and whiskey. Similar to Old Faithful in Wyoming, the Boilermaker is a geyser of sorts. To consume this cocktail, you first have to drop a shot of whiskey into the beer, then down the entire thing in one gulp. By the way, underneath it says, get the recipe here. Nice. <laughs> nice. That's pretty cool. I like that. All right. So, nice. uh, yeah. So those local those local cocktails, I mean, anytime we try, I don't know, traveling with you, anytime we do, whether we go to a restaurant, we say, well, you know, we had a great experience that, uh, a great restaurant in Vegas last year where we are like, well, what do you suggest? What are you guys known for? The same way you go there, what cocktails are you? You're in a state. Uh, you come skiing in Colorado, you go up to Breckenridge. Uh, a lot of the bars there is Breckenridge bourbon is there. They serve that bourbon and they all have their variation of their cocktail with it. I mean, you want to try what's local and what's, uh, what's the local new hot uh, cocktail there. So I like those local cocktails. Absolutely. Now, what I mean, obviously, you live in Colorado. I've got to have the conversation with you as well. What are your thoughts on the recreational use of marijuana at this point, as well as, and I'll and I'll, I'll fill in when you're done because I have something that that I I think we all agree with. But what are you, what are your thoughts about it? And then what are your thoughts about that? That's now starting to make that movement into mixology. Um, I think, first of all, the way it's moving into mixology is interesting. Years ago, uh, it was banned that any alcohol product could have any form of THC or any uh, form of marijuana in the alcohol. So those products that were coming out were not allowed to come out. Now that's starting to change. Um, there's a lot of mixers and sodas that have uh, the uh, uh, cannabis qualities into it that um, – are very mixable with spirits and with cocktails, which which is great to incorporate that. As far as Colorado being the first state that was legalized the marijuana, as far as medicinal and then recreational, um, I think. I mean, I, I accept change is a positive force, as I've said before. It um, 
uh, how it's changed the liquor industry is that more people are drinking at home because you're not allowed to smoke or enjoy uh, marijuana products out in a bar. So people are uh, shopping at liquor stores more and making cocktails at home and enjoying their marijuana there rather than going out to a bar. So which, you know, I, uh, more power to them. I hope it changes that you're allowed to enjoy on the patio of some of the bars here in Colorado or anywhere. Uh, enjoy to smoke your marijuana while you enjoy a cocktail. That'd be great. But uh, I uh, absolutely, I think uh, uh, I'm excited about the change in the way uh, the way that it's legalized uh, here in the U.S. and here in, in Colorado is the states. I mean, now I think recreational is in what six states? Colorado, California, Oregon, Washington, Nevada, and Alaska. I think have done the recreational marijuana, which uh, it brings. Um, yeah, I own property, uh, rental properties, and a home in Colorado, and I'll tell you, it's really added to the value of those. So I sure. uh, absolutely uh, encourage it. And what do you think about Constellation buying into some of the cannabis, the Canadian cannabis, and what's going on up there, and where that's going to, you know, do you have any thoughts on where that's going to move or what it's going to do? Uh, it's a way, I'm not that familiar with, with what their business plan is on that. Um, I've seen what they're doing, but I'm not sure what, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure what that's going to bring to it or what the value is of it. We'll yeah. kind of sit and wait and see, but uh, it's an interesting, uh, interesting move. And uh, yeah. like I said, it's uh, it's really um, it's interesting the way uh, the way it's changing and the way that it, it really impacts the um, alcohol industry because it has impacted it from, you know, it used to be with products is, uh, that I'm involved with or with my tequila that it used to be 40% was off uh, on-premise, meaning bars and restaurants, and 60% off-premise, meaning liquor stores. And right. since that marijuana was uh, legalized, it's almost 80% off-premise sales, really? uh, meaning liquor stores, as people are drinking at home more than going sure. out. So it does affect those restaurants and bars where people are quicker there that people used to hang out until closing and drink at the bar. Now they might have a few cocktails and end up going home because uh, they want to smoke their marijuana. So hopefully that'll change um, in that. But uh, it's the same. Uh, it's the same as uh, liquor used to be when prohibition was instated years and years ago. They uh, that- well, there were bars to go to, but there were clubs or or yeah. society uh, clubs you'd go to, and people would just say, "Forget it, I'm going to go home and uh, and drink." But we want those people out. It only helps the economy and helps everybody to have people out enjoying uh, around and uh, enjoying uh, dinner, cocktails, food, whatever the bar or restaurant has to offer. So right. uh, it's coming around here in Colorado, and I'm sure the other states will come around as well. I mean, I think for me, and you nailed it, was that, that idea of prohibition where we, we, are, we, have a, we have a future insight. We've seen this happen before. You know, we watched it happen with booze during Prohibition and what happened after Prohibition and the explosion of that going forward. And I think that the government at this point is literally they're doing their they're doing due diligence. They're taking their time. They're doing the research on it. They're trying to figure it out. You know, states like Pennsylvania, where we have, uh, you know, a legal a legal um, medicinal cannabis that's that's legal on 14 different ailments that you have. It's same with a bunch of other states are kind of kind of just dipping their toes excuse me, just dipping their toes in the water. But I think that we're at, we're at the beginning. I mean, imagine, imagine in prohibition. Okay. When prohibition ended and you had an opportunity to see into the future, 
to see what was going to happen. We're fucking, we're right there, man. We're right Absolutely. there. We are, we, we are all the way back in the late twenties and the early thirties where we're looking at, at we're, we're, we're standing right in front of it. You know, I mean, I'm buying stocks and weed right now. You know, it's something oh. that I'm doing because there's a lot of potential for growth within that. And I'm buying stocks from weed for my girls so that they have something. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of potential in that being said, you know, I mean, you know, from, uh, with my twin brother, Will Elger and myself, um, from Hot Mixology, we also do every year the Spirit Awards. We do the Beverly Hills Spirit Awards. We do the Craft Spirit Awards, the Artisanal Spirit Awards, which we rate these great spirits. Uh, we have a blind tasting uh, a panel of blind tasters. The judges taste it, rate the products on uh, uh, 40 different um, attributes to the product, and then they're awarded a gold medal, silver medal, or, or bronze medal um, to the product. We've had those for years that we've done, the Beverly Hills Spirits Awards, uh, um, uh, craft spirits competition. We've done those for years. And actually this year I just kicked off the mile high marijuana awards, which here in Colorado, it's the mile high marijuana awards is going to be the same type of awards program, which Brian Duffy, you are one of the judges for. I'm a judge. We're judging, which we're judging the, um, uh, marijuana, the products from the marijuana industry and some of the categories you can go to mile high marijuana awards.com and see the categories and the categories are everywhere from the vaporizer awards, to edibles, the Kiva, Indica hybrid, um, the dispensary awards in itself, uh, they can get an award, concentrate awards, CBD awards, and of course the other products like the topicals and that stuff. So we're going to rate all these products and give them. Hold on, hold on real quick. What, what's the, what site is that again? That's the mile high marijuana awards.com. And Mile High Marijuana Awards is because it is uh, based here in Colorado. And Colorado, as you know, the elevation is 5,280 feet, which is a mile high. So it's right. known as a mile high city. So it's yeah. a Mile High Marijuana Awards. And it's really, as you said, we got to embrace what the changes that's happening in our industry. And as I say, our industry, you're in the uh, restaurant business, I'm in the liquor business, but it all encompasses the marijuana every factor encompasses it when people are out there to imbibe or 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 enjoy cannabis or marijuana or feed themselves uh, uh food i mean it's all it all encompasses the same the same thing so we really need to embrace everything you know those people that um that fight each other over oh we don't want a uh, dispensary for marijuana opening near our bar or restaurant are crazy because the more um uh, uh, places like that where people could come to enjoy a recreational product, the more um, people are going to come and then the guests or, uh, as you say, are going to come to your uh, venue. So your restaurant right. or your bar or anything. So, well, so, so what can we, what can we expect from you this year at nightclub and bar? What are your, so, so just so everybody knows, I know we started to talk about this a little while ago. Dave is on the board of nightclub and bar. Uh, I was then asked three years ago to be on the board for nightclub and bar. I now have my own section, which is called. Yeah, let me uh, go in. Let me, can I, can I interject real quick? Sure. It's your show. Okay. It's your show. My 27th year here at nightclub and bar show this year, uh, eight years ago, when we started the Emerging Brands Pavilion, and as I was a board member and started moving when I was nominated as mayor of Nightclub and Bar Show, the owner, Kerry Gilman, said, what's missing from Nightclub and Bar? And I said, what's missing is food. We have to have food there, the food element to it. 
And he said, do you know anybody that could put that together and help us out with that? And I said, absolutely. The one I, guy I had. And I got called up to the Death Star. You certainly did. And you I came up to the, the office. Star. I called you. You were hanging out. I saw you. We were up in an office at the convention center in Las Vegas. It looks down on the convention center. And you were sitting behind the hot mixology bus at the Emerging Brands Pavilion. And uh, I called you and I said, Brian, where are you? You said, I'm right here. I said, I know. I see you. Come up here real quick. And as soon as you had the opportunity to join Nightclub and Bar Show and bring your concept of food into it, and we had spoken about it before, you uh, drove it to it. And we really, we put that together quickly last year is the first year of the uh, um, food. What do we call it? The food? The Food and Beverage Innovation Center. Dude, it was not quickly. It was fucking on the fly. Right. We did well, that on the so fly, quickly, fast. Whichever. We pulled it out. And the Food and Beverage Innovation Center last year was a total hit. You know, we had, you had eight different chefs from all over the country mixing up their dish. As you talk locally made spirits, they were making their locally made dish from where they came from in their restaurant. You had uh, some great sponsors, Dylan Holcomb, the mixologist of Hot Mixology, was making a cocktail to go with every dish that they made. And the uh, Food and Beverage Innovation Center by Brian Duffy just really took off. It made my spirit soar, Brian. When I went there, I used to, I go to that show every year and we walk around and see every booth there and do that. I spent more time at the Food Innovation Center because it was something new, something fresh that we hadn't seen before that really was a necessity at and the Nightclub Bar Show. And we also took it to another level. I mean, it was really important to me. Look, anybody can get up on a stage and start talking about food and 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 trying to get an operator to be interested in that because look, uh, operators want ease operation and they want to know that they're not going to have to spend a shit ton of money to get that ROI. So the innovation center was so important to us because by partnering with Middleby and the equipment that they gave us, we were able to create an entire walkthrough production kitchen where I had 15 culinary students who were working their balls off the whole time. I had eight chefs. My guys rarely, hardly even got to see the show. I actually did not get to see the show last year. So we've made a lot of adjustments for this year with the way that a we're doing it. A lot of adjustments, it. but to interject again, Brian, I'll tell you, when we spoke about it prior to me pitching it to Kerry Gumas, the owner of Nightclub and Bar Show, and we've talked about it as we like to dream big and talk about stuff, we didn't want this to be a bunch of booths that you walk by, which are serving French fries, onion rings, all of right. that bullshit. I mean, we wanted very to clear. elevate to make your spirit soar the same way walking through the emerging brands elevates your spirit and makes your spirit soar. Tasting those niche products, tasting something new that you haven't tasted before. We wanted people's uh, uh, really spirit to soar when they saw what you're making and tasted, walk through that uh, kitchen you developed there. I mean, and, and we nailed it. Yeah. I mean, it was really, it was something that was really important to us. And, and what we've done this year, I mean, we've grown tremendously. We now have full sponsors for uh, the whole thing from, from the, I mean, all of these different companies that we've been working with for, uh, for the last really six months that I've been busting my ass to try to get some of these guys on board um, and to kind of see exactly what we can do. I mean, we've gone, you know, I mean, I mean, it's just crazy. We've got Chef Works involved. We've got Ergo Chef. We've got Front of House doing all of our plates. We've got Fusion Chef for our sous vide. Uh, I, I mean, we've got some really cool stuff. We've got RoboCoup that's involved. And then with you guys and some of the booze that we're going to be doing that we're still working on. I mean, Dylan is a very talented mixologist who's coming in for three days. He's going to bang out the cocktails. I got him ready. Instead of us just having 15 culinary students, we now have 
I have 26 culinary students that are coming out of the Culinary Academy of Las Vegas. I've got eight mixology students who are going to be able to work directly with Dylan. So Dylan can not only create these cocktails, he can share his information and educate students that are going to be working with him. We're trying to get a couple of really cool sponsors to be able to take care of some of these students and Dylan as well. But it's just going to be it's going to be a neat thing, man. I am so excited for this year. I'm excited this year, too. And as you say that, Duffy, I got to tell you, it's uh what we missed last year is every year you and I, a nightclub and bar show, we would take that first day and you and I would go walk around and we would see every single yeah. booth at the nightclub and bar show. You're talking a thousand booths. And last yeah. year, it was so busy as we were working there that we missed that part of it. And this year, I'm going to tie you down. I'm going to chain you to me. We're going to put our Gucci shoes on. And we're <laughs> yeah. going to cruise through. No Gucci's this year, dude. I'm walking too much. (laughs) We're going to see every single booth in there because that is what is important is visiting those booths and seeing, you know, these are people that are passionate about as you are, or I are, uh, as I am to see what they're doing. So when they spend the money to have the booth there and bring their products and send, you know, people forget it's, it's extremely, um, uh, expensive to do a trade show. I mean, you have to take your team down there. You have to get the product in there. Set up the booth, pay for the booth space, do, you know, ice, cups, everything, you know, that entails doing the booth. It's expensive. So when, when you don't get an opportunity to visit those booths that take so much passion and pride in showing what they do, it's a little, uh, it, it, uh, it's frustrating. So this year, we're definitely going to have time to do that as we have more time to put together that food and beverage innovation center. And I think it's, it's just going to soar. Nightclub and bar show. Yeah, yeah, everybody can check out ncbshow.com. You can get the early bird tickets there. Or if you contact Brian Duffy or myself. I mean, Brian, if there's a restaurant out there, a restaurant manager that wants to take a staff down there, all they got to do is call you or me, and we can get them a killer deal and get them passes to get into that nightclub yeah, bar show. Yeah, I already gave it. You guys can use my code. If you go to um, if you go to ncbshow.com and you log in right there, you can use my code of Chef Duffy to be able to get that additional 50 or $100 off. I can't remember exactly what it is. But if you guys do it through there, I want you to come and see me. I'll be at the Food and Beverage Innovation Center the whole day on Tuesday and Wednesday. We're going to be preparing on Monday after I give my seminar. And then guess what, guys? We are launching Bar Crashers. Michael Tips and I are going to be out there. We're going to be crushing um, all of this so that we can start to take care of a bunch of fun stuff and let everybody start to see. We're going to be doing some casting while we're out there as well. You're going to be able to see Dave. He's going to be there all week. He's going to have a super fancy jacket on. His hair is going to be super high. Chances are a cocktail in my man's hand, and uh, I'll probably be next to him. So, um, Dave, dude. Absolutely, and make sure, you do, make sure you hit the Emerging Brands Pavilion this year, Brian. I mean, you, uh, if, you, if you go look at ncbshow.com and look at the exhibitors we have this year at Nightclub Bar Show, you're going to be amazed. I mean, these are some of those you might not recognize the uh, products, but when you go there and experience it and you have that cocktail in your hand with that taste of their uh, great vodka, gin, rum, tequila, whiskey, whatever the product is. You know, we also have the uh, um, new product innovation center at nightclub and bar show this year, which is growing, which is all the POS machines, uh, the elements for your bar on that side, the technical side. I mean, it's just a one-stop shop. And guess what? We're done with the pitching of nightclub and bar. It's a great fucking party. Okay, <laughs> I love it's a it though. huge it's like, party. Yeah, I love it, dude. Two years did ago, I, I don't. I was the man. Did I mention? <laughs> you did. You did. Two okay. two years ago, that band, that opening band that played. 80s music was one of the greatest nights that I've had in Vegas in years. I mean, in years, and I've been oh, going yeah, to the yeah, show yeah. for seven years now. 
You forget not a pitch, but just something fun. Is it like? Oh, here he goes. If you throw a website in, I'm going to smack you. The NCBShow.com. It's not just the uh, days that you spend at the nightclub Marshall on the floor, but at night they have the nightlife, which, like you said, they have the welcome party on Monday night. Um, Tuesday is. All right. Another, well, they can uh, go to the website. They can go to the website. Yeah. Fuck all that. We've pitched those them enough. Parties are show. great, huh? Yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. So, all right, Dave. Hey, brother, do me a favor. How are we getting in touch with you? You're going to get in touch with me, Dave, at hotmixology.com. And remember, uh, check out the uh, hotmixology that, like I said, every single week, Friday and Saturday nights on the Fusion Network nationwide. If you don't get that station on your cable provider, you can see all the best episodes at hotmixology.com as well as the cocktail recipes, the information about me, uh, uh, about Dylan Holcomb, the mixologist. Everything you need is right there at hotmixology.com. And make sure you check out as we talk so much about the marijuana Check out the milehighmarijuanaawards.com. And when is that? Uh, that's good. That's going to be March 15th. These are the awards. But uh, it's going to be. be um, Do I get to smoke something? You, you're coming with me. But I have a, uh, all the edibles that have entered the competition, all the different <laughs> products that have been. You're going to all be. Right. I yeah. fly to, I'm flying directly from Denver right into Fort Myers the next morning because I got an appearance down there. That's so let's right. Happen. All right, everybody, do me a favor. Thank you. Uh, let's thank Dave uh, for hopping on. Um, Dave, I really appreciate you taking an hour out of your life to spend with me. And uh, I know you're pretty busy this morning. You got a lot of you got a lot of projects on your hands going out there in Denver, especially for certainly. Did I got a super hot new girlfriend here that I really am trying to take care of? So yeah, that's what you mean by <laughs> you're absolutely right, Brian. Yep, you're a busy divorced, man, my friend. Newly divorced, but a super hot girlfriend. That makes the divorce so much easier. I'll tell you, Brian. You say take an hour out of my life for you. I mean, you've taken so much time for what I do and supporting what I care about that uh, I'll be on there anytime with you. And uh, again, uh, I look forward to seeing you at Nightland Bar Show and everything you're doing. And uh, if there's anything I could do for you, like I said, Dave at Hot Mixology, reach out for me because any of your listeners, Brian, that want to reach out and say, hey, what's a cocktail to mix with this? What Any questions you have, I'll always respond to you. Dave at Hot Mixology. All right, brother. Thanks so much for hopping on. I appreciate your time, and uh, I'll see you in just a couple weeks, man. All right, Brian, would you do me a favor? Yeah. Have a great rest of the day. <laughs> you do the same. By the way, Dave ends most of his phone calls with me with that little uh, that little tidbit, so I will <laughs> definitely do that because i got a big smile on my face right now, my friend. Thanks for your time, Dave. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks a lot. Cheers, everybody. Cheers, brother. All right, everybody. So that's kind of the way that works. That's Dave Elger from uh, Hot Mixology, hotmixology.com. Um, you can check him out at the nightclub and bar show. I think we pitched that one enough. Um, and, uh, you know, just a super cool guy, a good friend and a real visionary in a lot of things. It's good to have somebody who's got a set of balls and who's got a little innovation in their brain um, on the board. You know, this is a great group of people on this board for nightclub and bar. We have a lot of fun working with them and coming up with new ideas to to bring to light to everybody who ends up going to the show um, this year. This year, um, uh, we're kind of hoping the show is going to be one of the biggest ever. Uh, we cleaned a lot of stuff up uh, a couple years ago um, to make the show a little bit more fun. Uh, so we'll, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to see you guys out there. We can all have a cocktail, stop by and see us at all the cool stuff that we do. The Emerging Brands Pavilion, the Food and Beverage Innovation Center, the Bar Crashers website, and definitely at the Hot Mixology bus. If you give the secret code word of Duffy said so, you can probably grab some pulled pork tacos. They're going to be hanging out in the back area back there next to some Muchote uh, tequila. So I want to thank everybody for hopping on the show with me this week. It is always a blast. Um, 
to get together with you guys and to have some time to spend with everybody. Uh, you guys know me. I'm Chef Brian Duffy. You can reach out to me on Instagram and Twitter at Chef Brian Duff. I'm also on Facebook at Chef Brian Duffy. Uh, you can check myself and Mr. Tips out um, on the new show, The Bar Crashers, uh, which you can go to barcrashers.com right now. Definitely get over there, link to that site, check it out. We have a whole bunch of fun stuff coming up in the next couple of months that we're really going to start blowing this up. Um, and we're really excited about it. I need to thank the people that are so important to me when this show gets done. Uh, we definitely have to, say, to give the big shout out to the boys at RadioInfluence.com for putting up with all my bullshit, for uh, doing the quick, quick, quick recordings that we have to have due to some of the guests that we have on. They're always taking care of me, and they're just wonderful guys, and, and they've become very good friends as well. Uh, Michelle out there at Techno Solution, who handles all of my websites and everything else. We also have the wonderful and unbelievably talented Miss Maggie Gagliardi. Check her out at MagsArt, uh, at MagsArt, M-A-G-Z-A-R-T. She's super talented, super beautiful, and just a wonderful, wonderful human being. And guess what? Her boyfriend looks like Zach Brown. So um, check out MagsArt as well. And then uh, go out there, have some fun. Everybody, I say it at the end of every single show, get out there and be nice to people. Life's too fucking short. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Have an awesome week. I will see you in Providence, Rhode Island on March 8th. I will see you in uh, Fort Myers, Florida, March 16th through 19th. And I will see you in Vegas the 24th through the 29th. Show goes live on 25, or I'm sorry, 26, 27, and 28. Have an awesome week. Take care. Duffified Live. Didn't get Duffified enough? Follow Chef Brian Duffy on Facebook and on Twitter at Chef B R I D U F F. Look for the blue verified check mark to get exclusive content and to see what's coming up on next week's show. This has been Duffified Live with Chef Brian Duffy on Radio Influence. This is a Jim Fannin Show Quick Fix on Radio Influence. There's probably a dozen people in your business that are going to make your business, especially if you're a small business owner. There may be fewer than that. In these arenas, you need a blueprint for your overall life. That's definite. Nothing great happens uh, without a blueprint. But you also need a blueprint for your relationships in your business. What people are mandatory for your business to survive and thrive? And are you developing those relationships? You may have a business partner. Are you on the same page? Do you have a plan? And does that inner circle business team of yours, are you really on the same page? And is today one three sixty fifth of reaching your annual goals? But that team needs to bond. And I think because of this ferocious competition with margins being thinner, you need to circle the wagons even more today than ever before. The Jim Fannin Show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.